What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you like this show and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. We have Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have DC On Screen. We have Booze and Phasers, a show done by our lovely ladies that drink wine and talk about Star Trek. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And uh, as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. And now, for your listening pleasure, The Blazing Defender Report, with your host, Travis Jones. Welcome, everyone, to this 4th of July spectacular episode of The Blazing Defender Report. I am your host, Travis Jones, a.k.a. The Big Bearded Bastard, a.k.a. The Blazing Defender. I love doing that. Even though Mike does it so well in the intro music, I still have to do it. It gets me hyped. It gets me fucking excited. How is everybody doing today? I see some people on the Facebook Live post that are coming in. Hello, Brett. What's up, man? How you doing? Brett runs a great Facebook page. Uh, check it out. It'll be in my notes section um, of the podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk. You name it. You'll find it. Uh, I'm everywhere. I'm fucking everywhere. Blowing up. Blowing this shit up. Uh, but we've got a great show for you today. I've got some very, very exciting news to announce. As you know, oh, first, happy 4th of July weekend. I may have said that to the Facebook Live guys. Don't know if I said it to the audio uh, crowd yet. Happy, happy 4th of July. Before you get out this weekend, you're going to the boat, you're going to a party, you're going to a cookout, whatever you might be doing, take a moment and give some mad, mad props and respect to all the soldiers that have fought for us to have this right to be able to go watch crazy, insane movies, to be able to go to your comic shop and pick out comic books, to be able to do everything that we love to do. If it wasn't for our armed forces, we would not be able to do that. So we may be fucking reading comics in German for all we fucking know. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, my heart goes out to you, and I support you in any way that I possibly can, which brings me to Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, it's a fantastic company. It's a very small company. They're just getting started, and when I say blow the fuck up, they are blown up. Um, they are a great, great coffee company. They have fantastic coffee. Gets to your door very, very fresh. Just go to their website and check it out. They hire all vets, so I'm 100% behind that because we need to support our veterans. So please go to Black Rifle Coffee, check those guys out. Now, what I'm very, very excited about is if you've been watching the show, the last couple shows especially, you know that I have a partnership now with Collector Zone. Collector Zone, it has a Z at the end, O-W-N. Check them out on Facebook. They are a Funko Pop retailer. And if you go to the Collector Zone Cantina on Facebook, you will get a deal. You will get a break. And let me tell you something else about Collector Zone. Where can you go buy a collectible and you actually message one of the owners? And the owner will message you back. And say you get your pop or you get your collectible. It's fucked up. The packaging's busted up or something, and you have an issue, okay? 
I have this shit happen all the time. You got to hunt around. You got to find a fucking number. It's usually some automated fucking bullshit that pisses you off even more. Now you're on the phone 20 minutes and you've gotten no further with your problem being resolved. Oh, how about this? How about dealing with a small company, okay, like Black Rifle or Collector Zone, and you actually talk to somebody that has a stake in the fucking company and wants to make sure your problems are resolved, because if not, oh, you'll go fucking somewhere else, because this is America, and we can fucking do that shit, all right? So, Collector Zone Cantina, go there on Facebook for all your pop exclusives we just gave away on my show, we gave away... A Spider-Man Homecoming pop. Fucking say that three times real fast. Uh, It was a Hot Topics collectible. Uh, It was a very, very cool uh, Karen in Brooklyn, New York. That was my Brooklyn, New York accent. It sucks. I know. Big Sam ain't here to do the the Sliced Alone impersonation, so I have to do that. But I hope you're enjoying your pop. Um, I I hope you've gotten it. And if you do, please post it on Facebook. Post it on Twitter. And uh, show everybody, show everybody and give us uh, the Blazing Defender and Collector Zone a shout out. But Collector Zone's a fantastic company. I'm very, very excited to be a part of them. And what I'm also excited about is we're getting ready to do another giveaway. That's right. And we're not giving away one collectible. We're giving away two. That's right. Such a wildly successful outing the first time around. Marcos hit me up and said, hey, man, great job. We got a lot of feedback. Let's do two. So we're not giving away one collectible. We're going to give away two. Stay tuned to the Facebook Live, uh, I'm sorry, the Facebook page, Blazing Defender Report. Hit me up on Twitter, Blazing Defender Report on Twitter, Instagram. When it goes live, it will be on there, and I will announce it. You can get the jump on people, and that's what Karen did. Karen had a crazy amount of entries in. It was pretty fucking cool. She wanted that pop, and she got it, and I'm glad she did. She worked for it. And she helped me and Collector Zone out while she did it by giving us some uh, some publicity on, on her social media sites. And that's basically what you do. You tweet about me. You subscribe to me. You watch me on YouTube. You watch me right now. You share videos, stuff like that. You get entries. And then all those entries add up. I hit a fucking button on the Gleam app, and it goes, oh, spits out your winner. There's my winner. That's how, that's how it's done. It's very fair. So uh, stayed tuned for that when it goes live. It will be going live this week, okay, live this week. So please check that out. And you're not going to want to miss out on these collectibles, man. One of them especially is so fucking cool. I might end up buying one for myself even. It's that cool. And again, the last bit of housekeeping I got, guys, I'm a very proud member of the GSTU network, the Giant Size Team Up Network. Um, There is, when you're listening to the audio, you heard a, a brief description of our shows. Please go to giant size team up network. I'm sorry, giant size team up.com and look at all the shows that we have. We have shows about Star Trek, Dungeons and Dragons, Pokemon Go. And this just came to me on air. This just came to me on air. This is the kind of shit that happens when you're sipping on Black Rifle Coffee and you're doing shit you enjoy. Your mind is allowed to wander and, and explore deep corners of your mind and and enhance your creativity yes enhance it and it just enhanced mine because i just had a fucking breakthrough idea we need a cosplay podcast so i'm gonna talk to and uh my my boy uh joseph kasduk 
just entered the chat on Facebook Live. What's up, Joe? Joe is a fantastic fucking cosplayer and seeing his name and i was talking about the shows on our network all geek related it is a fucking heroin den for nerds you need your fix come to giant size team up network and you will get a fix of some type of show comic book related pokemon go related and now we need a fucking cosplay show i think i think we do joe okay I'll, I'll I'll set that up somehow. How the fuck I'll have time for that, I have no fucking idea. But we'll make it happen, right? Okay. Oh, and one last thing about the GSTU. We, a lot of us, a big contingent of us, are going to Dragon Con Atlanta the first weekend of September. It is Labor Day weekend, but if you're in the Atlanta area and you happen to be at Dragon Con, please, please, please sort us, find us out. Uh, I will sign boobs. I will sign foreheads. I will sign a man's butt. That's that's as far as I, that's how much I love my fans. I will sign a man's butt, the blazing fucking property of the blazing defender. So if you're in the in town that week, please hit me up. I'd love to meet you. Love to talk nerd shit. Maybe even have you on the fucking show. Who knows? I will be doing a show live there on Saturday. So. Very excited about that. So I run into burning buildings for a living, and I'm more nervous about that than I am fighting a house fire. So if that tells you fucking anything. Okay, uh, again, the Meatheads on Movie episode, the Wonder Woman app is out on iTunes. Please check that out. Me and Big Sam talk about Wonder Woman. We talk about a lot of shit in that episode. A lot of stuff's going on in Hollywood right now. You're not going to want to miss that. We get you caught up on all the Hollywood news. So Big Sam's on the men now, so we're going to try to get him back in the studio and get more Meathead shows out because we know you guys really dig Big Sam. And that's, it's a fun podcast to do. It really is. Okay, movie news. I'm going to do some real quick movie news. This was kind of got me my juices going today. Uh, the rumor mill is running rampant on the money that Gail Gadot was supposedly given to do Wonder Woman. Okay? Uh, not so much what she was given, but what Henry Cavill got for Man of Steel, which was the guy that played Superman, Man of Steel, right? They were saying he received $14 million, whereas Gadot got, wait for it, three hundred grand. Okay, this is total fucking bullshit. All right, this was done by, basically, it's I think it's called theriches.com. They do a lot of viral shit. It's clickbait bullshit is what it is. They want to get people amped up. They want you to click on shit, and then they can get their ads to pop up on you and just basically annoy the fucking dog shit out of you. So if you see theriches.com, just move on. Just move on somewhere. But it did get a lot of steam, so it actually worked for them this time. What this is what had happened has happened. Um, Godot did get three hundred grand. So so we think these contracts really can't be confirmed. But a Forbes magazine uh, article did come out and say that Caval did get fourteen million for Man of Steel. Now about these Hollywood contracts is especially these new actors, especially like Caval and Godot, who are just now starting in the franchise. They don't get a lot of money. But their contracts are set up for percentages and bonuses on the back end. Now, with Man of Steel being pretty successful at the box office, Caval probably did knock down about 14 mil for that. Godot has already passed Batman versus Superman. So, she's going to knock down that, if not more. So, everybody can calm the fuck down and stop talking about this. There's a gap. There's a gender gap in Hollywood. Women don't make as much as men. I'm not saying there's not a gender gap. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, even if there is a gender gap, typically new actors do not get huge amounts of money for 
movies starting out in a franchise because they don't know if they're going to work or not. The studios do this to protect themselves from, from a bomb. Uh, okay, a, a, a case and example, The Mummy. You really should have went with a, a less-known actor and paid him a lot less for this huge dark universe concept that you had going into The Mummy. Now you're looking at a negative $90 million because you got fucking Tom Cruise and you had to pay him his rate. So that's why studios do this with new actors. Now, in the sequel, Gal Gadot's going to get a fucking fistful of money. So there'll be no gender gap there, people. So let's just all calm the fuck down, all right? You already try to make a big deal of a bitch not having hair in her armpits because she lived on an island with a bunch of other women. Maybe other women don't want to be kissing on hairy armpits. I don't know what other fucking women want to do to other women. Uh, I've seen a lot of it on the internet, and it looks pretty fucking cool, but i never seen any of that, so I can't speak on it. But anyway, the whole thing stemmed from an article in Elle magazine, which, there you go, that should have told you enough. Uh, but this kind of attention doesn't help people's argument when it comes to gender gap, because this is totally untrue. So what you're doing is, is you're, you're creating... Uh, an argument or, let me see, uh, this this negative atmosphere about this gender gap, and then the truth comes out, and people go, hmm, doesn't sound like much of a gender gap to me. But there is a gender gap. Let's all be, be, uh, be adult here and not naive about it. There is probably a gender gap in Hollywood. Uh, with Patty Jenkins being a woman and directing Wonder Woman, you're going to see a lot more women directing superhero films which is kind of transitioned me into my next thought. This is what fucking pissed me off the most. I had to take a sip of coffee because I got to get, get ready for this. I got to get jacked for this. A lot of you don't know how I met Charles McFall um, from the, the Giant Size Team Up Network. He hosts a show called uh, Breaking the Panel. Uh, I've co-hosted on the show several times. Charles has been gracious, gracious enough to ask me to co-host with him on that show. Charles is a fan, fantastic individual, okay? Chris Wisdom, not so much, but Charles is fucking awesome, all right? How we met was on a, on a show that he used to do, a podcast he used to do that I used to listen to called From the Helicarrier. They had a guest on, I can't remember the chick's name. I'm not, I'm not being uh, sexist here. I don't really remember her name. I, I want to say her name was, was Elizabeth or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. But she went on this rant about Joss Wheaton because Age of Ultron just came out, okay? Now, this is the reason I bring up Joss Wheaton. Joss Wheaton's Wonder Woman script, because he was tagged to do Wonder Woman first before Patty Jenkins. His script has somehow magically resurfaced. Now, uh, I have not read this script. I didn't know nothing about it till the other day, so I haven't really done my research on this, Okay. But for what I have to say, I don't think I have to read the script. It wasn't good. So let's just assume that Josh Wheaton's script was not good. All right? For, for whatever reason, people have started bashing Josh Wheaton again. They bashed him in Age of Ultron because of his uh, care of the role that Black Widow had. Because they gave her a love interest in Bruce Banner. All right? If you've seen Age of Ultron, then you know what I'm talking about. People were fucking furious about this. Why does she need a man? And, I, you know, I say people. I think I know. I think you know what kind of people I'm talking about. Um, this the lady that was on Charles um, on, with with Charles. 
she was bashing Wheaton for the same thing. I mean, just like bashing Joss Wheaton. Now, now, for, for people who don't know who the fuck Joss Wheaton is, that's fine. You don't need to know who he is. But I will tell you what he's done. He is the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not It was his idea for the movie, but he did not direct nor have a lot to do with the, the Christy Swanson movie. Okay? It was fucking awful. Let's admit it. Christy Swanson's hot as balls, and she still couldn't save that movie. It just It just sucked. We all know Buffy, the true Buffy, is from the vampire, uh, the, I'm sorry, the uh, the TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, okay? Fan-fucking-tastic. Josh Wheaton actually made a little bitty girl the chosen one, a little blonde airhead that was the chosen protector of humanity against the vampires, all right? Josh Wheaton was one of the first people to put a gay couple front and center on Buffy the Vampire Slayer with uh, Willow and Tara, all right? It was a, a, a fantastic, wonderful relationship. Uh, and, and, you know, this was a show back then. It didn't revolve around sex and sexuality. It was about two people loving each other for who they were. Joss Wheaton fucking did that, okay? And now you want to bash him for what he did to the Black Widow on Age of Ultron? Okay, you may not like what he did with the role, but this is the guy in Avengers, mind you. We all forget Josh Wheaton did the Avengers. Uh, I don't know how the fuck you forget that, but I'm here to remind you. He made Black Widow relevant um, alongside gods and the Hulk. He made Black Widow relevant against Thor, the Hulk, Captain America. He made her relevant. He made her a part of the team, an integral part of the team, and she's pew, 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 shoot a little snub nose 35. Joss Wheaton did that, but yet you want to bash him for how he treats women? It's fucking ridiculous, okay? If you're going to get it right, get it fucking right. I'm not saying everything Joss does is great, and I didn't read the Wonder Woman script, so unless he made... Steve Trevor, the hero of the story, and not Wonder Woman? I don't know what your fucking argument is. But I will read the script, and I, I will come to my uh, my own assumption on whether it was fucking good or not. And I'm going to I'm gonna go on the side of I'll probably like it, because I've liked just about everything Josh has done. Age of Ultron wasn't great, uh, but I've loved Buffy. I've loved Firefly. I've loved just about everything the man has done. I'm not saying he's infallible. He's not. But for women in Hollywood, women in this genre, no one has done more for women than Joss Whedon. So if you want to talk some shit about him, get your fucking facts straight. Uh, sorry, Josh Whedon is, I, I love the guy. I've loved everything he's done. I mean, it is. it speaks to me. So when I see people bashing him, I feel like I have to come to his defense. I'm not the only one uh, that's going to come to his defense, but I feel like I had to do that. So, um, all right, I'm done with that shit. Uh, I get, not, see, it's hot up here, and now I've made myself hotter, and now I'm starting to fucking sweat. Okay, um, so what do you guys think? What do you guys think about Josh Wheaton? Do you think that um, he's, he's been somehow demeaning to women in Hollywood? I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. But anyway, so how about this? With all this talk about women in movies, uh, a gap in in, uh, in Hollywood between male directors and female directors. How about we do this? How about we make a comic book with Wonder Woman and we'll put her with, hmm, 
I don't know. Who can? How about fucking Conan? They're going to do a, a Dark Horse and Marvel are going to do a comic book with Wonder Woman and fucking Conan. Yeah, with all this that's going on, that's what they decided to do. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's hilarious. And all I can hope is Conan bangs the shit out of Wonder Woman. We're going to talk a little bit more about the comic book here in a minute. Okay, I want to get to the Inhumans trailer. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen it by now. I've tried to stay away from the post, uh, the reactions, but the few that I did see were not good. I'm going to give you my take on the Inhumans trailer. Um, I do watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten better as the seasons have went on. Seasons 1 and 2 were a fucking grind. I mean, like, wasn't like fire ants in your asshole kind of grind, but it wasn't good. But you kept thinking something's going to happen or somebody's going to show up. And then when Cap 2 came out and S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of disbanded, it filtered its way into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, and it actually got better because they were a part of the MCU, which is what we all want, right? Okay, the the Inhuman show looks like someone gave the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show about $45 more in their budget. Like, they were at lunch one day and said, you know, I think we need to make an Inhuman show. And somebody went, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Hey, how about you pick up lunch, and I'll do that. We'll make that fucking happen. It looks awful. Uh, I love Anson Mount. I love him. Hell on Wheels was like my favorite Western TV series of all time. The dude was just fucking badass. Um, He just has this intensity about him that he doesn't need a lot of lines. Oh, shit. Fucking, he's pissed. Yeah, he didn't say shit. You knew he was pissed. He just has that way of projecting intensity, which a lot of actors can't do. So when they cast him as Black Bolt, now for you, those of you who don't know who Black Bolt is, he's an inhuman. He's the inhuman king, mind you, and he doesn't talk. It's not that he can't speak, but he if he does, he would basically destroy you. The power that comes off his vocal cords is mountain shattering. The dude has fucked up a lot of A-class superheroes with this voice, okay? If you can't get your hand over his mouth, you're fucked. A whisper can just take bone or take skin off a bone. That's how strong this dude is. So when I heard he was cast, I was like, holy shit, what a great casting. He doesn't need to say anything to be a great actor. His facial expressions and the way he projects intensity, right? Okay. Um, I was a little disappointed in how he was being portrayed. Uh, I, it's a trailer. I tend not to try to get too upset about trailers, but I can get a look at the overall uh, value of the production. It looks like a fucking another TV show. This thing was shot with IMAX cameras. I think they could have fucking shot it with my iPhone 7, honestly. Uh, it doesn't look that great. Now, the one thing that I did like was Lockjaw. Lockjaw is the inhuman dog. He's this huge fucking like uh, he's not like an English bulldog. I guess he is kind of like an English bulldog. He's just massive. He can teleport you. Okay? It's like I'd be like, Leia, take me to Panera. Boom, we're at Panera. Leia, take me back home. We're back home. If 
like could do lockjaw shit, which would be fucking awesome. So, uh, lockjaw looked really good. I know a lot of people didn't like the uh, uh, the teleportation effect. They thought it looked cheesy. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, I'm like, I don't know what a dog teleporting somebody somewhere would look like. Might look like that. Fuck, I don't know. Didn't think it looked too bad. I reserve my right to see more, though. Uh, now, this is the thing that made me the maddest. And it kind of goes into my whole gender gap, uh, women making less money in Hollywood than men deal. Karnak. Karnak is an inhuman, but he's kind of not, but I won't confuse you. And he's a martial arts expert. His ability is he can look at you, he can look at anything and see the weakness. He can see the flaw, like Fort Knox. And you take one look at Fort Knox and know how to break into it. That's just his ability, okay? So as a martial arts expert, if you're fighting him, he's going to see through your defense like toilet paper, like finger through toilet paper, man. So uh, in the comic books, he's not Asian. But in this show, he's Asian. Now, this is my question. Is he Asian because he's a martial arts master? So they thought, we got to make this guy Asian. How fucking stereotypical is that? That's some fucked up shit. It was like when they wanted to make Danny Rand Iron Fist, or I'm sorry, Danny Rand, who is Iron Fist in the Netflix series, when they talked about casting an Asian in his role. People went ape shit, and I'll tell you why they went ape shit. A, Danny Rand is not Asian. He's a white dude, okay? Therefore, he should be a white dude in the comic book. Shang-Chi, those guys are comic book heroes also that are Asians. If you want to do a Shang-Chi show, make that motherfucker Asian. If you made Shang-Chi white and you were doing a Netflix show, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, the motherfucker ain't white? That's bullshit. He's fucking Asians. I'm marching with the fucking Asians, okay? I'm just saying he's fucking white. Make him white. Karnak is fucking white. You should make him white. Uh, I feel like because he's a martial arts expert, they made him fucking Asian. Now, there's a lot of white dudes that are pretty good at martial arts. I'm just saying. Darth Maul... Uh, I think his name is, uh, fuck, I can't think of that guy's name. I've seen him at cons before. Really nice guy. Uh, he's a fantastic martial artist. He's in a ton of movies. Uh, Sam or uh, Scott Aiken is a martial arts expert. He's in a ton of movies. They're not very good movies, but he's a great martial artist. He could have been fucking Karnak. Whatever. Uh, I'm really, really upset at the Inhumans trailer. Again, I reserve the right to see more. So I'm really hoping when the series starts, I can have good, good things to report. I want all this stuff to be good. I want to get on here and get behind the mic and go, oh, my God, I want to do Kevin Smith. I want to be Kevin Smith. I want to go, oh, my God, this is so good. Uh, 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 oh, my God, I love this. This is the fucking greatest thing I've ever seen. I cried. I cried this episode. I cried every episode. Uh, 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 I love it. I can't do that, nor will I ever fucking do that. If something sucks, it fucking sucks. If something's not right, it's not right. If something people are upset about actually works in that medium, holy shit. Hey, man. Yeah, they changed it, but it worked. It worked for me. It may not work for you. I'm not telling you this shit because I, I want you to see things how I see them. I just want you to think about it. And if you're pissed off about it, I want you to think why you're pissed off about it. Uh, but you don't have to like anything I like. Like what you like, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I said that last episode about being gay. You want to be fucking gay? Be fucking gay, man. Life's too short not to be what you want to be. Uh, I'm a fucking old ass comic book nerd that gets behind a microphone and a camera and tells you about comic book shit. 
Um, that's pretty fucking weird, right? But I like doing it, so I'm going to fucking do it. That's what everybody should do. If you like the Inhumans trailer, fucking more power to you. I hope after the series starts, I can look at you and go, dude, you fucking seen something in that trailer that I did not. Fucking outstanding. I love Inhumans. Uh, I think it's a great idea, so I'm really hoping it does well. Uh, but again, let's, let's see more. So, uh, comic news. Talked about Wonder Woman banging Conan, right? Well, that's not the comic book that you're probably going to get. But they are doing, in late September, they are going to do six issues with Conan and Wonder Woman. And it's written by a comic book writer that is a fantastic comic book writer, Gail Simone. And I'm not saying she's a fantastic comic book writer because she's a woman in a moderately dominant male field. I'm saying it because she's a fantastic fucking comic book writer. And no one writes Wonder Woman like Gail Simone does. Nobody. Nobody. No dude does. Uh, I'm not saying a dude couldn't, because I'm sure Jason Eric can get a hold of, of the Amazon princess and make her a fucking badass warrior. But Gail Simone knows this character. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I thought that was funny that they announced that when all this shit's going on. But whatever. All right. Enough of the fucking movie shit. Enough of the comic book news. Now, this is a part of the show where I review comic books. Now, I've only got three this week, <clears throat> mainly because uh, I've read them all, but one of them's going to take some time. So, and I didn't want to fucking keep you here for fucking two hours on a Saturday on 4th of July weekend, mind you. So, what I'll start with is Secret Empire number five. Now, that is the cover. If you see that, it's a pretty cool cover. It's actually one of the best things about this series is the fucking covers. Um, Sorrento, or Sorrentino, uh, the artist on this book, is maybe one of the top five artists working today. The only reason to buy this book is for the artwork, and this is why. Now, IGN will tell you this book's an 8.5. Um this is what I give IGN right there uh, from audio listeners. I was telling them they were number one with middle fingers. Um, this book is awful, and this is why. Captain America, for those of you who don't know, they've made Cap evil. All right? They've rewritten, rewrote his past, rewritten his past? Not sure. I'm sure someone will correct me. Um, but they've rewritten his past to where he is a Hydra agent. He is basically, he's Cap. So he's the master strategist. He has developed a plan and basically taking control. He is taking control of the world. Now, we have a resistance led by Black Widow. And she's basically like, you know what? Cap's too far gone. We're going to fucking kill him. So the last five issues of her and her underground been trying to Hatch this plan to get close enough to Cap to take him out. Um, the reason this book is not good is, and I'm not saying it couldn't have been. I'm saying it's not for these reasons. If if they did rewrite Cap's history, he would not behave like he has behaved. But not only have they messed Cap up, they've messed all the other heroes that have been that have come in contact with him. Namor, the Submariner, who is the King of Atlantis is one of the most rash, hot-tempered dickheads in the Marvel Universe. And he basically just 
cower down to Cap the last issue. He would never have done that. He would never have done that with the atrocities that Cap had committed on his people. And he threatened him again, which Namor would have never stood for. So it, there's been several, several moments throughout this series where they Nick Spencer has miswritten these characters. Cap, uh, it, Cap's main core value is he believes what he believes in. There's a, there's a there's a T-shirt. It was in the movie. There's a saying. Uh, when people when you when you believe in something and people tell you you're wrong. Sometimes you have to plant yourself like a tree. And when they tell you to move, you tell them you move. That is Cap. Cap believes what he believes and there's no wavering. In this book, if Cap truly believed that wiping out the entire population of Las Vegas, which he did do, issue three, I believe, then he would have done it. Because it's for the greater good and that's what he believes. No, you move. But yet, the Hydra band that's around him, the people, his generals, so to speak, they were all questioned whether he was committed to the cause. And Cap wavered because he's going to be killing innocent people. But he ended up doing it anyway. You see what I'm saying? Why'd you waver? Would, the, would Cap, with his history be written, would he have wavered? No, he wouldn't have wavered. He would have killed him because it's for the greater good. Okay? In this book, um, in this issue, because I... I I'm I'm giving you the the the, ha- the the background of the story so that you know what I'm talking about in this issue. Uh, again, Spencer, uh, there's a fight between Gorgon and Hercules. Hercules takes Gorgon out with one punch. Would have never happened. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Um, and then there is Hank McCoy is now which whose beast the X Man. He is the ambassador to the X-Men. Um, there's a cool scene. This is a cool scene. Not all of it shit. I mean, not all of it shit. That's pretty shitty. Uh, where Cap did pick up Thor's hammer, which is a whole nother thing. I'm going to, When this series culminates, I'm going to have to do a show about the entire series. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I do want to point out two of the good things that happened. Uh, basically, Cap threatens McCoy. Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, is just sitting there. It's just sitting there. And he's like... I'm surprised you're not carrying it around. He goes, I'm not carrying it around because I want people, I want it to sit there so people can see it so they know what happens if I do pick it up. And Hank's like, what What are you trying to say? And he was basically like, I think I said it, dumbass. Like, you don't get your fucking mutants in line, your little fucking X-Men that are running around doing crazy shit. I'm picking up that hammer and ringing down fucking hell on your mutants. And then basically he walks off. It's pretty badass. Cap would have done something like that if he'd had his history rewritten. Okay? Again, Sorrentino's art just looks amazing. But the best part of this book is the Thor part. Now, the Odinson has been working with Cap. Okay? Uh, To my chagrin, I'm like, why would Thor do this? Now, Thor and Cap go back a long ways. Thor looks up to Cap. Thor's a god, but yet he still considers Cap on his fucking level. So when Cap's doing all this crazy shit, Thor still feels like Cap must have his reasons and he's got to have his back. But now Thor is starting to have questions because they have asked him to do something that's really not sitting well with him. Now what that is, we don't know. We're going to find out. 
we're at issue five. We got five more issues of this fucking bullshit. It hurts my stomach to fucking think I have to sit through five more issues of this. I keep thinking, maybe it'll get better. Maybe they saved this book somehow. I don't see it happening. But this is my thing with the whole Thor story. If Thor came down to Earth and found out that Cap had wiped out Las Vegas because they didn't get in line, Thor would have thrown his fucking friendship with Cap out the fucking door. You've got to go down, son. Sorry. We're boys, but that only goes so fucking far when you murder an entire fucking city. So, again, I feel like Spencer is not only on the Captain America character, but all the other Captain or all the other Marvel characters involved. They're just not acting like themselves. So maybe the story ends and we're in a fucking alternate universe. How about that? That would fucking piss me off so bad. All right, enough of that crap. Now I'm gonna give you some more crap. Totally awesome Hulk number twenty. And the reason I, I, I reviewed this comic this week is because it is the second part of a storyline called Weapons of Mutant Destruction. Uh, it's with Weapon X, which is Wolverine, Sabretooth, Deathstrike, Deadpool maybe? No, Deadpool's not in it. Uh, and, and Totally Awesome Hulk, which is Amadeus Cho, because Bruce Banner's dead. Oh, you had me read Kai books? Yeah, that happened. Banner's dead. Or is he? Hmm. Secret Empire number five. I don't want to spoil it. But Bruce Banner may not be dead for, for now. Who knows? Who knows what's going on in that fucking book? I don't fucking know. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, the reason I reviewed this book is because um, I thought this actually started out pretty good. I didn't expect much from the story. It actually started out pretty cool. I'm really digging the Wolverine Sabretooth uh, camaraderie they have. It's kind of like, like Sabretooth is not the old Sabretooth and blah, blah, blah. Wolverine's not even the fucking same Wolverine as old man Logan, but... I don't want to confuse you, but it's been pretty good. So this book, um, here, I'll show you the cover. The cover's actually pretty cool. Long story short, they're making a Hulk-Wolverine hybrid to wipe out mutants. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck someone hasn't tried that before, but it's pretty good. And one of the first issues of this was horrible. The experimentation that they did on some of these people was a fucking horrible and you really, really want the bad guys to get it. That's what makes a good story, right? When you really feel for people, and then like a bad guy comes through and pfft, wipes them all out. Yeah, you want to see the fucking bad guy get their asses handed to him. Well, that's kind of the way this story started. Now, the totally awesome Hulk version, or I'm sorry, part two, sucked. The art is awful. I feel like uh, a six-year-old drew it. Um, and then, you know, it's it's... The, the action scenes aren't good. You've got this Deathstrike, Amadeus Cho thing that they're trying to make humorous. It's not at all. It's just boring as fuck. You actually went like Deathstrike to like fucking cut Amadeus Cho's head off. Or at least a fight between the Hulk and Deathstrike. That would be cool, right? Nah, you don't even get that. So it's kind of like cannon fodder, this book. I'm hoping the Weapon X book which will be part three of the story is better. We'll see. I'll let you know. Save your money on it. Just fucking save your money on it. Now, the book that had me all hyped up today, it didn't have me hyped up. The review that IGN gave it has me hyped up. Okay, stay with me. If you think I'm about to get corny, I'm really not. 
because I thought this shit would be corny, and it wasn't. I'm going to tell you what it was. Batman, Elmer Fudd, number one. Yes, hold on. I'm going to show you the cover. Batman, Elmer Fudd, number one. Okay, now, that's the cover. Which, this was a variant cover. It's a pretty shitty cover, to be honest. All right. Tom King, the writer. Lee Weeks, the artist. Now, Tom King has been on Batman for a little over a year now. He's a fantastic. Tom King is a fantastic writer. And he he came into Batman behind maybe one of the greatest creative teams ever on the series with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Scott Snyder is still writing All-Star Batman, and it is fantastic. Scott Snyder really, really knows uh, Batman. Tom King came in after Snyder, and I didn't have much hope for him. Tom King had done some good stuff, but could he do The Dark Knight? Well, he may have made a better Dark Knight than Scott Snyder did. For me, I just love how he's embraced the detective part of, of, of Batman, something that Snyder really didn't do a lot of. Uh, but he is doing an all-star. He's made Batman very gadgety. You know, the only guy that had more gadgets than James Bond was Batman. And Tom King does that. Tom King has a a weird writing style, but I dig it. And I think it's been fantastic. So when I heard he was doing an Elmer Fudd Batman crossover, I was like, what the fuck is this about? So, I read a preview page online somewhere, and I was like, holy shit, this is pretty good. Because it's not goofy. It's not, we're not putting Batman in a Looney Tunes universe. He's taking characters from the Looney Tunes universe and putting them into Gotham. Which makes it really cool. You've got, Elmer Fudd is like this, um... Oh, what was the movie with Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, I like them buttermilk biscuits. Uh, that was a horrible Billy Bob Thornton impersonation. But um, he's kind of like, Elmer Fudd's kind of like that guy. But he still has the the wascally wabbit. Uh, he still has that, that fucking speech impediment, that Chris Wisdom speech impediment. So he's made Elmer Fudd this um, hitman, okay? And he's sitting at a bar and he's talking to another hitman or uh, a contract killer, and they call him Bugs. Okay, and it's this buck-toothed guy. Tom King does this very, very well. He 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 interjects these Looney Tunes characters. Yosemite Sam's in here. Uh, Porky Pig is the bartender, and he's got this stutter. Uh, it's pretty fucking cool, right? Okay. Uh, all that's really, really good. And Bugs tells Elmer Fudd that his lover was not killed by him, but by Bruce Wayne. So now, Fudd is going after Bruce Wayne. You killed my lover, I'm going to kill you. Okay? And the lover is somebody that in the Batman world you're going to know is uh, Jasmine St. Cloud. Okay, she was the lover of Bruce Wayne and apparently Elmer Fudd. 
after she broke up with Bruce, she wound up with FUD. Okay. Now, granted, this is a one shot story, so stay with me. So FUD goes, takes out Wayne, so he thinks. He doesn't, of course, because it's fucking Batman. Batman shows up. They fight. It's actually pretty cool. And let me just say, Lee Weeks does a great job in making this noir Batman. I thought it was very, very cool. Like, uh, I'm sorry, a very noir Looney Tunes Batman story. Like, it's dark. He uses a lot of dark inks, dark pencils, a lot of shadow, especially on Fudd's face, which makes him feel kind of ominous. Now, like, at no time did I think this book was funny. Like, I've seen some reviews and people are like, oh, it's hilarious, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nah, man, it's kind of like creepy, which makes it good, which this is what I loved about the book, okay? So, Batman, Fudd, fight. They realize that something's not right in Albuquerque. That was me. That was horrible, but I had to do it. So, then they end up confronting Bugs in the bar. They find out it was all a setup. So, now the Looney Tunes characters in the bar are like, hey, dude, you got to go. So, Batman and Fudd are in a bar fight together fighting Looney Tunes characters. It's pretty cool. It's, uh, again, Weeks does a great job with the action, a great job with the fight scenes, okay? So then we find out that it was all set up. Jasmine St. Cloud's not dead. She's actually in the fucking bar. She hired Bugs to fake her death, all right? Because when she found out Bruce Wayne was Batman... She said, this dude's dangerous. I got to get away from him. So she dropped him. She gets with FUD. She finds out that FUD is this contract killer. He's dangerous. I got to get away from him. So she concocts this fucking thing with Bugs, another contract killer, to fake her death to get away from him. But she said, if he comes looking for you, you tell him to go after Bruce Wayne because then them two can get together. Okay. And they can have something in common. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, and I'll tell you. It says, uh, I wanted to leave and I didn't want you to follow. So I made nice with Bugs and he helped me stage a little ruse. When Bugs asked me what to do if Fuddy ever came after him, I told him, call me and send Fuddy to Bruce Wayne. I figured the two of them had so much in common, they'd find something to do together. And then Bruce says, Batman says, and now, and she says, and now I leave. And you stay. She walks out. What the fuck? What the fuck? I was so pissed that that was the reasoning behind this whole adventure was this chick that she was pulling strings and playing games, but she said all she wanted to do was get away, but... Really, she got the two dudes that she was trying to get away from together to actually come and find the guy that killed her so she could be there? Fucking stupid. You're better than that, King. You're way, way better than that. So, and I didn't even read the little cartoony story in the back, but this is what I'm telling you. IGN said this was a 10. A 10. The perfect fucking comic book. Now, is IGN wrong? I don't know. You would have to fucking read it for yourself and go, oh my God, IGN nailed it. It is a 10. It's the fucking greatest story I ever fucking read. <laughs> well, it's not. And for those reasons alone, when your your chief 
plot device is flawed, makes the whole story flawed. Now, everything up to that point was very, very, very good. Uh, Big Sam, part of the Meatheads crew, he and I talked. I don't know if he's read it again. I think he said he gave it like a 6.5. All right? I'm a little higher on it because I really like what King did with the characters and didn't make them goofy at all. He made them very menacing, and I like that. So, I give it more of like a 7, okay? But a fucking 10, and people on the internet, Jason Fabok and, and some, some, some very, very big people in the industry are saying it's the best single issue I've ever read. You need to read more motherfucking comics in. I know you draw a bunch. Maybe you don't read them. Maybe you just look to see how pretty they are. I don't know. But it's not. It's not even the best thing Tom King has done ever. And to even consider it being the best thing Tom King's done is kind of fucking retarded. Uh, no offense to fucking retarded people. But uh, actually, it is. If you're retarded and you were compared to Tom King in this book, you should be pissed off. But what I, what I mean is, is you should get it for yourself. I do think it's worth having. But now, as a comic book collector, it's a $5 cover price. It's $4.99. Five fucking dollars. All right, that's pretty high. So it needs to be a pretty good story. Uh, and I like the art. Some people didn't. Uh, I don't think Sam, Big Sam did. I did. I thought the art was perfect for the type of story that was being told. And then it just gets ridiculously stupid at the end. So anyway, that is my review. Oh, I, I, I would probably give it a 7-2, a 7-3. Um, for the rest of the reviews, Secret Empire number 5. I give up five, literally a five. And the only reason I give it a five is Sorrento, Sorrentino, Sorrento. Their fucking art is fantastic. And I love the way he draws Cap and Thor. And it's so beautiful to look at. But then you read the words and you're like, you want to, you want to vomit. And then, uh, man, Mutant Destruction. I give it a fucking, I don't know, God, a four, maybe a three. Uh, it's not good at all, but this is what I'll say to you, and I, I, I may not say it every show. I probably should like what you want to like. I My goal here is to get you to your comic book shop and pick up something. Pick up FUD and Batman. Let me know what you thought, okay? You got $5 in your pocket you want to burn. Maybe, maybe you were going to buy some black tar heroin with it. Don't do that. Don't buy black tar heroin with your five bucks. Go get Elmer Fudd Batman. It's way better than Black Tar Heroin. I would give Black Tar Heroin a fucking zero. Okay? Would not give it a 10. Uh, nor would I give Batman Elmer Fudd a fucking 10. But I'd give Black Tar Heroin even less. So, instead of getting your fix there, go to the fucking comic book shop. Go to GS2, GSTU Network and find another fucking podcast to listen to. Uh, but yeah, you tell me what you guys thought about it. If anybody's read it, please chime in. Please send me an email. I'll, I'll discuss it on the next show. I'll bring it up fucking next show. Fuck, I don't have enough to talk about it anyway. So let me know what you thought, and I'll read your fucking review on my show where I do reviews. How the fuck cool is that? That's some cool shit. Hey, man, Blazing Finner's here for you. Uh, we need to talk this shit out because I get amped up. I seen that 10, and I wanted to fucking dick punch IGN, like fucking take their my fist right in their ball sack and just... Like, fucking speed bag, you know? Like, come on, Johnny. You know, like, fucking speed bag their nuts. Like, are you out of your fucking mind giving this book a fucking 10? Ridiculous. Anyway, 
like what you want to like. If you gave it a 10, fucking stand by that 10. Um, so that's all I got, guys. Uh, get out to your local comic book shop. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Celebrate the independence of the greatest fucking country on this planet. Uh, give credit to our fucking armed forces and our soldiers. Without them, we would not be able to do shit like this, and you fucking know it, regardless how you feel about them. You got to give credit where credit is fucking due. Uh, please go to the website. The website is up. It looks pretty fucking good, I got to admit. www.blazingdefenderreport.com It'll also give you a link to the Giant Size Team Up Network in there, too. So you can see all the other fucking shows that we have, which are really, really good shows. And you might even get an episode where I co-host on some of them. So please check that shit out. I'm on Twitter, a Facebook page also. I'm very active on. You get a lot of this news before the show on the Facebook page. So if you just want to keep up to date with stuff, Frederick Debo and the Great Superhero Debate is another fantastic page. I steal a lot of my shit from him. Uh, he has a great page. It keeps it very, very well updated. Way more than mine. But uh, you can find all my shows on the website and the page. And guys, you got to stay tuned for the, the giveaway. I'm going to probably produce a small short video on how to enter. Because there, I got some questions last time that I really wasn't sure how to answer. Because... It's pretty self-explanatory, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll make a video and I'll show you how to, to get your entries. I'll tell you what to tweet and how it all works inside of Gleam, which is the software that I use for my giveaways. Two, two motherfuckers, not one, but two giveaways this week. So you're going to want to get in on this, man. It's they're good. I'm telling you, they're both cool as shit, but one of them is like, ooh, that's fucking dope. All for listening to the Blazing Defender Report. Please visit Collector Zone Cantina. Uh, I will have a link to them on my Facebook page and on Twitter. So you can just click the link and go right to them. Please join the Cantina. It's for collectors. Uh, people are posting all the time the stuff they're getting from the, the, the Collector Zone Cantina and what they're what they're just buying. So it's really cool if you're a collector. And, uh, hey, man, you're going to save some money. And we've got discount codes and everything coming for you guys. This is a partnership, guys, not just a sponsor. They're a fucking partner. I believe in what they do. They believe in what they do. And they believe in me and this fucking show, which, holy shit, let's cash in while we can before they come to their senses. Other than that, guys, please enjoy your weekend. Happy fucking 4th of July. For everybody on iTunes, please, please, please go there. Leave me a five-star review. It really helps me with my numbers. I'm trying to get other sponsors for the show. And maybe I can get some kind of quiet AC up here so I don't sweat my balls off anymore. Hey, guys, with that, I got one thing to say. There's only one race, and that's a fucking human race. Love each other, guys. Happy fucking 4th of July. Peace.